One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Episode three in our roundtable conversation with James Haskell, Tom May and Paul Doran Jones, three brilliant guys who huge in stature, huge in personality, but as they're showing in these episodes, actually, you know, they've got a heart too. They've got a soft heart and they love to talk about this stuff when they're given the space. And yeah, there's a lot of real conversation happening in the first two episodes. In round one, we talked about how they felt. In round two, we started getting into vulnerability and changing around banter. Um, and now in round three, we get into, well, we go further into this stuff and we really look at this difference between being vulnerable and being a victim and actually how being vulnerable and just owning really how you feel can be a really useful communication tool and clear communication and being willing to be honest enough about where you're at and what's going on is really is really useful it's really powerful it takes a lot of bravery it lets people know where you are but there's a lot of truths in it and people can can progress and can grow if they're willing to just own their stuff there's there's this quote that i love it says, own your flaws and no one can hold them against you. And that for me is the power of vulnerability. You know, if, if we all recognize, if we're strong enough to say, hey, listen, I'm not perfect and nor are you and nor are you, nor any of us, but there's room for us all to grow. It's a pretty healthy environment to live in. Not to say that we're being a victim and we're saying, poor me, I'm not perfect. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm struggling because of this and this and this, and I need your help and sympathy and save me. It's just saying, hey, listen, I'm, I'm not perfect in every area and I'd love to grow and I'd love to get better. So that's the difference between vulnerability and being a victim. You know, vulnerability is owning your stuff. And being a victim is really asking for sympathy and poor me. And with that, you're just inviting troubles and difficulties into your life. And you're not owning them. You're not taking ownership over that part of you. None of us are perfect. So what's the challenge in, in, in accepting that? There really shouldn't be. But for me, it's a really healthy thing. And it was great to talk about it with the guys. Um, I really love the conversation as well. I think it's a really important one about this privilege that, uh, you know, the guys talked about how they could get criticized. You know, if they're saying they're not having such a good day or they are feeling X, Y, Z, not so much positive emotion right now then it's very easy for people to come at them and say, hey, listen, how, how can you say that? You've played for England, you've got this going on, you know, have a bit of respect for people who would die for the opportunity that you've got. You know, and I love bringing this alive because as I said, on that philosophy, only one person in the world can, can have a bad day because there's always someone worse off. And if, if we're moaning, we can always bring that up. So really, it's, all, it's, it's, very, um, it's very subjective to the individual. And everyone's going to have good days and bad days, regardless of who you are. So that was a really important conversation. I'm glad that Tom brought that up because I, I really hear him on that. Um, lastly, really, really interesting to hear the guys talking about how just because they're public figures and just because uh, they're professional sportsmen doesn't mean they're robots, doesn't mean they're immune to criticism and that words just bounce off them. Um, Doz are talking about how he's walking down the street after he's had a, in someone's perception a bad game and how people just tell him 
and he has to be robotic enough just to accept that when if you're an accountant or a lawyer you don't just people don't just come and tell you you're terrible at your job every day as you're walking the street you know um but yeah really interesting and these guys aren't robots uh they're humans with with emotions just like everyone is um everyone has struggles everyone has good days everyone bad everyone has bad days and the more we get into this conversation the more i hope that becomes clear lastly not not least we, we get into the imposter syndrome at the end which is the most fascinating of subjects for me because the more conversations i have around this and you'll hear Hask talk really clearly about this it doesn't matter who you are People have fears, people have struggles, people don't think they're good enough. That's the job of our mind. It's, it's just trying to keep us safe and it does so by telling us this stuff. That's, that's how we are as human beings. So it's natural that we're gonna have fears, it's natural that we're not gonna feel good enough. It's really a case of whether we're gonna feel the fear and do it anyway, or whether we're gonna feel the fear and shy away because we don't like it. And uh, really interesting to hear the guys talk so openly and vulnerably about how imposter syndrome showed up and they were very clear about it you know as as i'm hearing from every sportsman out there and i'm sure this is not something that's exclusive to sport all of us in some capacity for me it's not how we experience imposter syndrome it's not whether we experience imposter syndrome it's how we experience it and how we deal with it so yeah i hope that helps some of you because if you're feeling not good enough don't worry everyone has the same and hopefully hearing these guys talk about that will help so enjoy enjoy this um there's a lot of real talk in there again that's the theme for here i just want to allow this space for actual true emotions to come through for, for the sharing of truth to be to be to be explored and um to not judge each other for that to just understand this is this is real life and these are real conversations and every no one's a robot and uh, i hope that shines through i hope you enjoy it thanks for listening i suppose those cultures the best cultures we've been in is like the leadership or the leadership group in those they're really identifiable if they said something it like it absolutely resonated and i think as alpha males or as people who perhaps like to be looked up to or like to be kind of at the forefront we've got to lead that and and kind of show that it's acceptable when the three of us were playing it was it was maybe slightly similar in that you're in a privileged position and you know what the fuck yeah. are you moaning about if you have a bad day and I think maybe has got it's got you know it's far more public public facing than, than, than the dozen myself. But is there an element there where you have to be having a good day? At, like, isn't that Hask, If you went and said on your on your Instagram, "Oh, this is shit," and I'm you know this is really getting on the tits and stuff. You know, I bet you get some warriors that come back and will empty you or not. I think you've actually hit a really good nail on the head regarding social media. Is that no fucker posts a bad day? Everyone posts. Look at this beautiful meal. No one posts, look at the dog shit on the carpet. Look at my wife screaming. Look at the fucking crap car I've got and the shit holiday I've been on. Everyone is like, look at this wonderful car. Look at this yeah. beautiful thing. I'm constantly happy. And it's like, it's crap. There are people out there who go, mm, I'm having a bad day and are honest. I, I use my, like the podcasting stuff to do that. I, I, you know, and ultimately put clips on there. But this is when this thing about, I said about the context around COVID. So I've had a very, I, I, I have obviously lost a lot of boatload of money in relevance to myself. People are in worse positions. I haven't lost anyone I know to COVID. My reaction to it is different. I am not in a high risk category. So my experience of it is very different. So when I talk about certain things and have certain opinions regarding kind of the madness of you walk into a restaurant, you have to wear your mask to the table. You're allowed to take your mask off at the yeah. table as if COVID's going to fuck you when you come in the door. <laughs> but as soon as you sit down, it's like, whew, they're okay, right? 
that for me is uh, bureaucratic nonsense and bullshit. Well, why can you cram pubs but you can't cram stadiums? Now, I'm very vocal about this stuff because I feel that you know we're we're just doing shit brainlessly. We're not thinking. There's no common sense. It's just one reaction to another. People will write back to me, COVID denier, you mug, the NHS. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's, your, that's your reference point. It's not my reference point. And I'm allowed to have a difference of opinion. And, and I think I try to be honest in, in the podcast and bits and pieces. But you're right. I, you know, if I go, if I've created some crap ass meal, I'm not going to photograph it and go, what do you think, gang? You know, if I, if I look like, you know, I mean, I sort of don't go as far as women do by putting a filter on the boat so if i look i look crap i look crap. but women yeah work with it women i've never face tuned anything but most women 10 minutes face tuning don't post that put a filter on it shade it do it because we live in a judgmental society and i think social media has made that a thousand times worse and people feel valueless you're not you're not allowed to have that you're not you know you're not allowed to have that off day because because people Mm. perceive oh you know James Haskell, he's got everything going on in his life. You know, how, how can he actually even dare to have a bad day? The thing is, things with, I totally hear you on that, Tom, but where, does, where do you take that? Because the, in theory, only one person in the world can have a bad day on that basis because there's always going to be someone worse. You know, it's, it's all relative. The people saying, oh, how can you say that? Well, they probably have got many advantages that a lot of other people don't have. You know, so it's all, so I, I, everyone is entitled to have a bad day because it's all relative to them. And we're not saying, this is, and this is my big thing, I think there's a big difference between being vulnerable and being a victim. Someone who's vulnerable is just saying, hey, reckon, it's okay. Just owning the fact that not every day is the best day in the world. It's, it's just real. And um, that's, we'll all have that. Do you know what I mean? And I think, but, but society in the world puts such a spin on, such an emphasis on that we've all got to be, we've all got to be positive. And we lose that real sense, you know, actually human experiences that it's up and down. Well, my, uh, my dad is almost as, possibly even worse, more emotionless than me. Um, to, the point, to the point where, um, you know, and, and I've spoken to Dodger about this uh, since, well, probably over the last couple of years. But I got, about two, three years ago, I got myself in a right old financial pickle to a point where I had to sit with my dad sit him down and go right this is it this is where it's at and I, I couldn't have been in it oh, it was horrific I just thought I'm, I'm either he's either going to shoot me or he's just going to smash that pint glass that I've just bought him all over my head and it fortunately he didn't either but you know it's that point of vulnerability where actually he probably saw there right I've never seen it never before has Tom been like this so actually there's something going on and then you find a way out of it. It's liberating, mate. And, and like the, the growth that you get, I'm sure actually all four of us could tell you a similar, you know, it won't be the same subject matter, but it'll be, we'll have similar ones, you know, similar bits and pieces where you show that true vulnerability and you get the real growth out of it and you get real liberation. And, and, and actually it's a kind of an epiphany moment when you do, do it the first time. Cause you're like, fucking hell, this is what I've never done before. And it's not, life still goes on. I've shown that vulnerability and actually, um, you know, we're going to grow from it. We're going to take it forward. It's the That's only way to rolling do it. And actually works. <laughs> Never fucking do it. <laughs> Leave the jokes to me, bud. <laughs> I've got an idea. I've got an idea. I'll tell the farmers around here. But you're, I think you're totally right, uh, Doz, as well. And when you say, you know, it is liberating, 
I think when you when you're able to show up and and, and share all of what's going on inside of you. You don't have to. And I'm always laughing and joking when really inside you're thinking, I just want to chill out and just relax. I don't want to have to play that role today. But actually, if you can turn up and say, hey, today, lads, I'm just being in this. I'm just going to play it low key. You can just be who you are. Mm. And uh, that's a much lighter way of being, you know? It is. Uh, it, it's, listen, it's, um, it's something that's exacerbated massively in sport because you always have this forward facing image of, of, you know, positivity and everything's great and what, you know, and one of the weird nuances of it is that fans feel that they can walk up to you at any point and tell you exactly what they think. And it's, you know, you would never walk into anybody else's place of work or see them on the street and go, mate, you're an accountant, you're fucking shit at what you do. Whereas if you have a bad game, you know, I used to play at Gloucester, small town, and you get seen there go, fucking hell, Doran Jones, you were a bag of shit on the weekend, bag of shit. And they'd be shouting at you down the street and you're there going, you know, I'm, I'm going through a fucking divorce or I'm, you know, I'm not seeing my kid or I'm not seeing this or that, whatever it was. Nobody knows that context, you know, and it's, it's a bizarre one in, in the sporting, in the sporting arena. It's um, how you deal with that. I'm not sure. Oh, didn't, didn't, can I just correct you? Were you going through a divorcee? Not a divorce. <laughs> a couple. <laughs> yeah, I thought you might. Um, I, I will, I draw, the other thing you, you guys are talking about is that it's interesting with people in the public eye because we forget that they're they're human. So my wife and I do a podcast called Couples Quarantine, and we we've had lots of people on there talking about different things. And obviously, yeah. some of my mates are <laughs> some of my mates are are um, you know in the public eye, and we were talking. And some bloke wrote in going, "Look, I, look, we love everything you do, but we're really good to get some people from the you know normal life." I was like, "What do you mean normal?" I said. We're all the same. We're the same. Everybody's safe. Everyone pisses, shits, cries, lives, dies. You just might do it in a in a gold toilet, uh, and you know you might pretend that you don't, it doesn't happen, but it all happens. And it's interesting when you see celebrities in quote marks lose it in the public. So I, I, you know, for example, I feel at all times, you know, and I'm a nobody. I'm not within a Z list. If I walk out and I have a bad moment and somebody says something to me, that's that's the one engagement with you. That's the only engagement they're ever going to have with you. So they sort of got to regard yourself and everybody else as, or sort of these people as, as walking business cards. They are, if you meet them and you are a prick, they're going to tell 20 people that James Haskell was a prick. But it's very difficult when human emotions get in the way and you do have a bad day. So like someone gets in the way or complains or you're having a round with your missus or something happens and you do snap and tell them to get fucked and threaten to empty them into a wheelie bin. It's, it's hard because that's all we got to remember. And we sort of don't allow people to, to have that. And what does said sportsmen are sort of about level, and you go extension above that. The perception is because you have uh, a perceived amount of wealth, you must earn money, you must have a good life, you do a, you do a magazine deal, you appear on social media, you are open to this. The argument is if you put yourself out there, you, are, you are, should expect it. And that is one of the shittest and most crass arguments ever. Absolutely not. You know, if you put yourself out there, you know, it's because you had an opportunity to put yourself out there. It doesn't mean that every fucker can tell you all your life stories because I guarantee that if you did it into return to somebody, quote, with a normal life, you'd break him within five minutes. Like I remember when um, journalists started going on Twitter and having their own profiles. So many of them used to write poison pen words and just go on to the next thing. And you were there left with a stigma of an opinion piece. Now they write shit. You can tweet them. I mean, not me, but I mean, people can tweet them. And they are off record. They go, wow, you know, welcome. 
to the world that you have created by this deployed media. A friend of ours, Caroline Black, you know, that that she thought there was no way out apart to do what she did. And that was, that's the saddest possible thing because that basically, she was in her world and her sphere, it was everything. Every where she looked, she was walled in. In reality, nobody was going to remember that. Everyone's going to move on. Yes, it was, it was difficult. Yes, you know, she would have struggled to work again because of this weird world we live in where, you know, brands are all pretending that nobody does anything. Fuck, you know, don't say this, don't say that. And it's a sad world. Hopefully, it's going to do a U-turn where some people grow some balls and go, do you know what? Actually, you know, we're not going to pretend to be all things to all men and make about everything. So we'll be right back straight after this. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. Let's pick up where we left off. Yeah, well said, Hass. There was a, there was a short period after, after Caroline's death that, you know, this, this whole be kind thing. You know, wasn't there, and, and everyone kind of stood up for that, and then fairly quickly we, we returned to the to the to what is unfortunately the norm. But yeah, just because you're in the limelight doesn't mean, you know, again you don't have emotions or you're not a normal person. It's just that, that's that's the nature of of what you do. Um, I want to ask you all about um, imposter syndrome. It's something that's kind of come quite alive um, as a term um, recently. And um, it's been really interesting for me because I've sat with, I did an interview with Johnny Wilkinson, who kind of, you know, obviously one of the most iconic sportsmen that we've ever had in this country. And he talked about how, um, you know, he'd be sick in the, in the toilets before playing. And, you know, this is one of the world's, if not the world's best player at the time. I've sat and listened to Freddie Flintoff said every time he walked out to bat, you know, he pretended he was, uh, he owned the place. And inside he was thinking, I don't own shit. 
you know and and you've got all these we're not talking kind of people who are struggling for their for their professions we're talking about the people who were, were dominating their sports and yet they still had this inner fear within them that they were going to get found out or they weren't going to be good enough um how like how does that feature for you guys like because naturally i i'm fully aware of looking at kind of the human brain and, and everything else that our mind is always looking for the threats and challenges it always going to try and eke out and say hey you're not good enough here you're not you're not good enough there and it's going to tell us but obviously it's not spoken going back into the change room the last thing you're going to sit there and say is uh do you know i'm struggling I'm, I, I don't feel good enough to play this week or i'm i'm, I'm struggling with my confidence because no one's going to help you with it. You're going to be cast aside and whether you get picked again, who knows? But how do you guys, how does that show up for you guys? What are your, what are your thoughts around that? Was that ever something that you were conscious of? Is it something you battled? Is it something you saw in other people? Uh, I've mentioned it on Hass podcast, actually, when I had to step in for him. Uh, he probably got some better gig somewhere else. So I was sat next to, I was sat next to Alex uh, and, and Tins. And I, I think from a young age, I was always like, I don't... Um, I don't deserve to to be where I'm, I am, um, and you don't. You know, I think there's, there's a point in, in time where actually that comes and affects you a, a lot, a lot further down the line than than, than you'd like to think it would. Um, you know, so even I don't know, ten, twelve years into my career, you know, I was still thinking I'm not good enough to be here, which I think ultimately, you know, affected me in in some areas of my career, but. But I also think, um, you know, I think, you know, you, you compare that to someone like, like Hask, who outwardly would be very, very confident about, you know, his own ability or whatever. But you know, may well, may well have had, uh, you know, similar, similar things going on the inside. I don't, I don't think in sport you're you're allowed to again allowed to show that that weakness. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, 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 the reason I started speaking to a psychologist at 21 was really bad self-doubt issues around my ability. Uh, you know, I didn't. You know, she asked me first. You know, meeting when. You know, when was? Can you remember a good game that you played well? I thought you played well. I was like, no, I couldn't, I couldn't remember. Uh, I've had many professionals. I couldn't. I couldn't tell her. And you know, I had crippling self-doubt. Um, so I never sort of got to the imposter syndrome because I never believed in myself enough to get to the point where I didn't think I was meant to be there. Um, you know, and I still find that now, but I, I derive confidence, obviously, from the skills that she gave me, but also more from the process. Was that a weight to carry around? You know, like when you're turning up before a game, does it stop you being free? Yeah, yes, 100%. I played with inside myself for a long time, you know, and I actually, in the middle of my career, I had a dip again where I was sort of so worried about making mistakes. I didn't look for the ball. I didn't do this. It was only when a mate of mine, Travis, sat down and said, can I watch, can I go through a game with you? And being a Kiwi, you you know, he immediately knows a lot about rugby and thinks he knows about everything. And he sort of sat down and dissected my game. And it was very hard for me to to listen to this from a guy that was a mate. And, you know, part of me was in my head, was like, the fuck are you talking to me like this for? But what I did was, is I listened and, and I knew he was right. I knew what he was saying. He was like, you haven't gone here. You're not looking to get the ball. You, you know, I can see that you don't want to do this. And I was like, no, no, no. Inside I did. And my dad taught me something early on in my life. You can lie to everyone else, but you can't lie to yourself. And I knew. And what I did is I, I, I went away after that meeting, a bit awkward with us. We finished. And then I called him an hour later and I was like, look, you're right. And it changed the way I did things. And I, and I worked, went back to the psychologist and I nailed it. And I played some of my best rugby in those next six years. And, and, same, and then I had a coach with Eddie Jones who then 
you know, dealt with me and helped me flourish. And it basically made a massive, a massive difference. So yes, it was a weight. And I still have it now where, you know, my first port of call is to worry about people's negatives, you know, and I, I, all I remember from an after dinner is if I tripped up on something or a DJ set, I did a shit mix. I never think I'm good enough at any of this stuff, um, which is, which is hard, but again, I just stick to the process, go back and then I allow myself to feel down for, five or ten minutes and then I compartmentalize and move on and address it but that's that that imposter sort of that, that feeling is particularly prevalent in rugby because of the kind of the, the kind of antiquated way that rugby is sort of coached and and played it, it's quite old school and it's sort of teacher pupil now we're coming out of that because the age of professionalism is taking us through but but only very recently are we getting these kind of you, you mentioned Eddie Jones Hask, but he's kind of I don't know he's, he, he's a Marmite character isn't he because he embraces the individuality of players' potential. Now, some people see him as a kind of a bit of a maverick and a bit of a, you know, a, a non-conformist. But it's it, it's um, where he's embraced that. It's given you the opportunity to flourish. But I remember when we when we first got into, or you were in there before I was. But when we got in the England squad together and had coaches going, but because we didn't sit down and play Xbox all day every day and rest, you know, they, they couldn't work us out. We we wanted to go on drive nice cars or go to nice restaurants, they could not fathom it. And they were like, tell us about going to this place. Where would you go out on a Saturday night in London? And we'd go, well, we might go for dinner at somewhere like, I don't know, Jim said Nobu because he had a few quid in his pocket. And um, <laughs> their face is going like, what is Nobu? What is this place? And, and they just could never, ever understand it. And it sort of, it's, you could see this kind of chasm emerging of, where the, of the lack of understanding. And you couldn't be yourself. And... That was, it's kind of all goes around in a circular way because we were then in that environment, unable to be true to ourselves, unable to be authentic, unable to kind of actually tell them who we truly were for fear of never playing again. And, and we had to be, as soon as you're doing that, as soon as you've got that kind of stigma attached to yourself, you're never going to get your true, you're never going to achieve your true, true potential or be happy or, you know, have any of it, I think. So there we go. We're, we're really diving into... Um this understanding that we're all the same. You know, we might achieve different things and we might get put on a pedestal. We might perceive people in different ways, but we're all human beings. We all have fears. We all have challenges. We all feel not good enough at times. Uh, We all have emotions and there are challenges with all of this stuff, but it's apparent and and everyone has them. And this is the... We're at the point now where I really feel like we're breaking through and normalizing this stuff you know, through conversations like this. And that's so important because the more real conversations, the more space we give people to really be themselves, the better everyone's mental health is going to be. But we're still very much in this world of needing to hide a lot of our truths, hide the fact that we're carrying fear, hiding the fact that we're not sure that we're good enough, hiding the fact that, you know, the emotions that we're feeling, all of this kind of stuff when we're all human beings. So yeah, I'm grateful to bring this conversation alive. I'm grateful to the guys for sharing so openly, for so honestly. Um, yeah, beautiful stuff. Really, really hope you enjoyed it. Like, I hope you hope you found it unique. I hope you found it refreshing. Uh, if you'd love to support us, we'd love it if you shared or rate, review, subscribe to the podcast and tune in. Um, and just, yeah, if you think this can help anyone, please feel free to share. Um, if you enjoyed it, please leave a review. It really helps us. You know, we want people to hear this. So we're really grateful for that. But otherwise, just thank you for listening. Um, It matters. and, And I feel these conversations matter. So 
yeah, grateful for you for getting this far and for tuning in. And if you want to come back next week, it's more of the same. We lose Doz, but we really get into psychology and how that impacts sport um, and sportsmen and how far behind perhaps some sports are with this, a lot of sports. So yeah, we'll keep diving in. If you want to hear more, join us next week. But for now, thanks so much for listening. Have a great week and uh, enjoy the Christmas cheer. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.